The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. It was a bold question. They came right up to him and they asked him for something big and something glorious. They had been with him for some time now. They had sat at his feet. They had been privileged to listen to his teachings. They hung on to every word he said. They had seen some incredible things, too. Life restored, demons driven out, illnesses cured, broken people put back together. As part of his inner circle, they had even seen things that no one else had seen. But it wasn't enough. No, James and John wanted more. Behind their bold question was a big misunderstanding. They thought being a disciple of Jesus meant glory. They thought because they had been with Jesus for so long and through so much, they deserved to be treated like kings, just to have a taste of glory in his kingdom. They thought they deserved to be served. And now, before we start throwing stones at James and John, we have to ask ourselves, was it really that bold of a question? At first glance, it sure seems like it, right? Jesus himself said, you don't know what you're asking for. But when we look at what's behind the question, I think we realize that we're not that different from James and John. You see, deep down, we're actually the same. We peel back the layers and we find a sinful nature that desires self over service. Just like James and John, we want to be served because that is what seems glorious to us. And this shows itself in different ways in our daily lives. In the workplace, do we sometimes rank our coworkers? In the home, do we find ourselves feeling more deserving than maybe our siblings or our spouse? You see, our sinful nature, it's quick to elevate self. It's quick to put others down and to raise ourselves up, to find glory. It looks at service and it only sees shackles. That's not what freedom is about, according to our sinful nature. And we're not the only ones. Just look at how the other ten disciples reacted. They're furious at James and John. They can't believe they just asked a question like that. But it's not righteous anger. The disciples aren't interested in pointing out what James and John have done wrong in order to correct them. No, the, the other ten disciples are pouting because James and John have beaten them to the punch. Deep down, they just wanted this glory too. And it stung when someone else had a real shot at it. And I, if we're honest with ourselves, I think we can understand where they're coming from. When someone is elevated above us, what's our first reaction? When someone has a shot at glory, when someone beats us to the punch, 
Are we really as happy for them as we say we are? Or is that just our way of covering up how we we really feel? If you had been first to the punch that day, what would you have asked Jesus for? What would your big, bold question be? You see, to us, service is hard. It's unpopular. It's usually not rewarded or respected. It's not glorious. Our sinful nature makes it hard to serve. It's hard enough to serve someone who's clearly above you, but to serve someone who you perceive as your equal or even below you, that's really difficult, isn't it? And meanwhile, the world around us doesn't help. It, the world around us tells us that to get ahead, you need to serve yourself. Just look at the celebrities of today. They're idolized for making it, for what they've done for themselves. Their marks of glory are likes and retweets. Look at the self-made moguls who picked themselves up by their bootstraps and lived the American dream. That's glorious, not stooping down to serve someone. That's what the world tells us. But the world, it's different than Jesus' kingdom. You see, in Jesus' kingdom, up is down. And the things we think are glorious, the things we'd rather spend our time chasing after, well, according to Jesus, they're hollow and, and lacking. Jesus wants to show us what true glory is. And so we need a new perspective on service. We need to be turned upside down. And Jesus is happy to do that, to lead us in the way of truth. That's what he does for his disciples. He starts his lesson by pointing to the glorious people in their day. He said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Jesus was just pointing out the way the world works. That's the pattern of the world. Leaders lead. Rulers rule. Even today, powerful people flex their influential muscles. And back then, the disciples knew how it worked. They could tell a CEO from a servant. One was great and glorious, and the other was grimy and gritty. But Jesus continues, Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. You can almost hear the disciples' confusion as Jesus turns them upside down. What? What is glorious about that? Stooping down to serve? That's work for a servant. But that's exactly Jesus' point. You see, glory isn't found in serving self. It's found in serving others. Glory isn't about what you can get. It's all about what you can give. And while this is a tough concept to wrestle with, Jesus didn't leave his disciples on, his, on their own to figure it out. No, he reminded them that even he wasn't above service. No, his part, part of his mission was to come and serve others. He said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. A light bulb starts to go on in the disciples' minds. 
Maybe they paused and remembered moments in Jesus' ministry. There was that one time where a woman came to Jesus and she was in so much pain. She knew Jesus could help her, but she was shy, too shy to ask him for a miracle. And so she reached out and touched his robe because she knew that was enough. That was enough to heal her. Jesus didn't drive her away. He wasn't upset. He was gentle in that moment. He was serving. And then there was that time where Jesus sat and talked with the Samaritan woman for hours and hours. He listened to what she had to say. Who else would have done something like that? Who else would have ignored those barriers, ignored the hatred between groups? Jesus was unlike anyone else. He was always gentle with his disciples. Just look at how he handled that bold question from James and John. He was serving them even then. In fact, every time he interacted with someone on this earth, he was modeling how to serve. That's what true service is. He was never too proud to stoop down to help a hurting soul or to comfort someone in pain. He was never too busy. He was always willing to serve. And his service went even farther than that. Jesus obeyed every command that God laid down in our place. He did it perfectly. And then came the suffering. Then came the mocking and the bleeding and the dying, all for us. His disciples were shocked, but this is exactly what Jesus said would happen. Just a few verses before, Jesus reminded them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Jesus didn't come to just serve in the little ways. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This was Jesus' true glory. And it came at a moment when no one would have expected it. His disciples thought it would look a little bit more like the glory he had shown at his transfiguration. That was true glory. And the world looked for something more, for something great and glorious, But all they saw was a broken man on a tree. They wanted more. They wanted a king who would come in power to overthrow their Roman oppressors, to reestablish the kingdom of Israel, and to take up his throne in Jerusalem. But that's not what Jesus did. He shone in his glory, but there weren't many who saw it. And he bore marks of glory like any king, but his were different. It was the nails and the crown of thorns. And his service didn't end there either. Jesus rose three days later. He ascended into heaven, and he's been serving us ever since. Every time we chase after glory, every time we try and elevate self over service, Jesus pleads to the Father on our behalf. His blood is the reminder that we've been forgiven for those times. 
he does all this for us. He still serves. And he's completely transformed service for us. To serve is to be glorious. He invites us to take up this service, not as a heavy requirement of the law, because Jesus has already done the heavy lifting in our place. What's left is an invitation to serve, to show others the love Jesus has shown us. And when we look at how he served us, we're compelled to serve others in return. Now, what does this service look like today? Maybe it's the mother who changes diaper after diaper. She's serving. Maybe it's the grandson who takes out his pen and paper every once in a while to write a letter to his grandparents. That's service too. It's the husband who takes on the mindset that he married up. It's the fast food worker who stays an extra five minutes after her shift to clean up and take out the trash when no one else will. It's sharing God's word with our neighbor. Those are our moments of service. It's the attitude of what I can give and looking at others the way Jesus looks at them. Because once we start looking, we'll never run out of options. Now, Martin Luther once pointed out in a sermon that people can sometimes have a small imagination when it comes to serving others. The people in Luther's day said, If only I had been there in Bethlehem when Jesus was born, how quick I would have been to help the baby. I would have washed his linen. How happy I would have been to go with the shepherds to see the Lord lying in the manger. Luther replied, Why don't you do it now? You have Christ in your neighbor. You ought to serve him. For what you do for your neighbor in need, you do for the Lord himself. This just echoes what Jesus himself said. Whatever you do for those in need, you do for me. That's service. As we live in a world where we feel the pressure to make something of ourselves, Jesus can help us out. He tells us, make yourself a servant. Because that's where you find true glory. As Christians, we have this incredible opportunity to serve. He's called us to this life of service, but not to do on our own, no. Jesus only asks us to lead where he follows. When we look at how he served us in his life and death, and even today, that's where we find the way to serve, the love that compels us to serve others. It's the attitude of giving, to think of ourselves less and others more. Because that's what true glory is, dear friends. May we find joy in serving others just as Jesus served us. God granted. Amen.